0: Welcome to Practice Squad Pod Episode 8, Week 2 of NFL Football. It was another exciting week. Um, One thing I've learned so far is that Mark and I really stink at picking even winners for games. I feel like I might be better at picking spreads than picking winners. I don't know about you, Mark, but uh, we both went 8-9 and uh, (laughs) this week. So not off to a great start as far as predicting winners, huh?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna retire from predicting like NFL winners and games, and I'm just gonna stick with, with predicting college games. I told John had to, a pretty good
0: uh, betting weekend on college games. NFL, not so good. Not so good. So let's go ahead. I'm gonna share my screen. and We can check this out. So, quick caveat with this uh, graphic is that it's missing um, the Thursday game and the Monday games, but. Mark and I both picked Ravens to win. We thought that was pretty safe, and up until the fourth quarter, um, it was safe. And I really just want to touch on that game, because, like, are we overreacting to say that the Dolphins look like the real deal and that their offense is incredibly explosive and is going to give, you know, teams problems moving forward? Because that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting.
1: Well, I mean, last week I said, like, they came out and looked like a legitimate threat to compete in that division, as. The team to maybe give the bills even a little bit of a, a struggle. Um, but, you know, I didn't expect him to, to go down like that against Baltimore and I surely didn't expect him to come back and win the game in the way that they did. Jalen Waddell and, and Tyreek Hill are obviously incredibly hard to, to match their speed and they're after the catch ability and two is getting him the ball and they're protecting long enough for him to sit there comfortably. And just, I mean, he's always been an accurate thrower since, since Alabama days and, he showed that he can do it. You know, that was a very impressive win and in an away in, uh, environment in Baltimore. And I mean, we can talk about how impressive Lamar was, but that gets eaten up by the comeback. And, and at, you know, at the end of the day, who won the game? It was Tua. And what a what a coaching start, uh, obviously, too, in his yeah. first two games. Unbelievable. Uh, Tyreek Hill was at, talking after the game like he's just playing Madden out there. Like he's literally just – he sees it so easily. It's like his play calling is – really really just making it look easy um which it shouldn't be ever in the nfl but
0: yeah i mean they seriously uh struck gold with with mcdaniel i mean he is just incredible i mean and like it's amazing that he's a rookie head coach and he's you know going up against a guy like john harbaugh who's as good as they get as far as you know veteran nfl coaches and he just he had the better team and was able to make it happen there so that was really awesome to watch i'm just excited to see that like you know, the, uh, that, uh, division in the AFC is kind of flipped upside down now. And the bills are, you know, basically super bowl bound and the dolphins are incredibly competitive and the Patriots are really struggling. Um, that being said, I mean, the Patriots still were able to win against the Steelers and, you know, that's no joke either. Um, we both kind of said that the Steelers aren't going to be as good this year, but with Tomlin, they're always going to be a decent team. Um, so I'm curious what you think's going on there. I mean, do you think that the Steelers are going to be competitive in their division? Do you think that it's just like ah, uh, you know, they they lost to the the Patriots. Um, it was it was at it was at New England, right? It was uh, in Pittsburgh. Oh, it was in Pittsburgh. Excuse me.
1: Yeah, it was in Pittsburgh. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a sharp game either side of the ball offensively. I mean, there was literally one explosive play. Um, I watched most of that game. There was one big play. It was the touchdown before the half to Aguilar. And really, like, I mean, it's just two good defensive-minded coaches going against it with limited offenses and limited quarterbacks. Like, that's exactly what we watched. Like, Mitch, uh, he just hit his checkdowns pretty much the whole game, didn't didn't take any risks, made some bad throws. And then the same thing with Mac Jones. I mean, he the throw he made on the touchdown wasn't even a good ball. I mean, Aguilar went up and made a hell of a play. Like, he threw some terrible balls. Um neither of those teams look great. I mean, defense is always going to be solid for both those um, clubs. But, yeah, I mean, just not great football. I think the Steelers will compete in the division, to answer your question, just because their defense and just because Tomlin's always going to be, you know, prepared and have those guys ready. But that's a tough division. And, you know, maybe fighting for the second spot, third spot, they're not going to win the division, though. I, I, just... I
0: mean, it's it's a tough division, but right now it's anybody's division with uh, with Cleveland taking an L, the Bengals being 0-2. Um, and the Ravens losing, obviously. So, yeah. you know, I, I really thought that, the, like, you know, it was for sure going to be the Ravens division with, you know, maybe the Bengals or the Browns kind of giving them some heat. So far, that's how that's translating, obviously, very early in the season. Um, felt really good to watch the Jets beat Cleveland. I mean, it's just, you know, not only do I kind of root for the Jets because just because they've been so historically bad, But also, like, you know, all the drama in Cleveland, it's just fun watching them lose to a team like the Jets. So that that was definitely enjoyable. Um, It's it's not
1: only that they lost, it's how they lost. I mean, they had and this goes back to just another coaching error. And, um, you know, Nick Chubb has done this before in his career. And listen, I I have Nick Chubb in fantasy. So I was like, sweet. Good job. Score the third touchdown. But it goes against everything that you're supposed to do in that in that moment to win the football game. Like, it's just stupid if he slides and just goes down before scoring, they, you know, they can run the clock out and win the game, right? Instead he scores and it gives the Jets the ball back. They drive down and score busted coverage, quick and easy They kick an onside. They get the onside. And after Chubbs score, by the way, the the Browns missed the extra point. So they were only up uh, 13 at the time. So the Jets go down, they score, they get an onside, they score again, they make their extra point. They win by one all within like a minute and 20 seconds. So again, he slides, doesn't score, does what he's supposed to do. Coaches communicate that better. And Cleveland walks out 2 zero. you know, but he doesn't, he goes in and scores, does the selfish thing, gets his third
0: touchdown of the day and it costs them a win. I just love that. The NFL is so full of talent that making a mistake like that, of giving your opponent a minute and a half left in the game to work with. And, Scoring a touchdown is the wrong coaching decision. And then the team on the other side actually has the talent to go and execute and score and and come out with a win for that game, right? You don't really see situations like that ever in college. It's just not going to happen in high school because, again, like teams just don't have the, the just the insane, incredible amount of talent for those situations to actually be capitalized on. And it's crazy to think about that, you know. I remember similar thing happened with, uh, what, the Lions and the Falcons maybe three, four years ago. Yeah, Gurley um, went in and scored. Yep, yep, and Gurley went in
1: and scored in the Lions. Stafford <laughs> drove them down and scored. Yeah, it's just like – but they. the funny thing is like the league, this has happened so many times. And right teams know in that situation, like they practice that situation. Like at, 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 in college, we would practice – you know, four minute offense and understand like situational football. And like, we would come out of a timeout or come out of like a break and be like, okay, understand we are not trying to score. We have a, we have a lead and all we have to do is get first downs and then run the clock out and we win. Right. Don't ever give, don't give them a chance and don't give them the ball back. And it's really not hard to understand. And and the Browns are fully aware of it. Nick Chubb's fully aware of it. He's been coached on a millions of times, chose the score. I don't know if that's on him or the coach is not reminding him, but they chose the score. And they lost a game because of it. They gave the Jets life. They gave him a chance. Joe Flacco does what Joe Flacco did. Like it seems like we were time traveling watching that happen. But <laughs> like he did what he does. He did it, you know, in the Super Bowl run they had with the Ravens. And then we—it's like we haven't seen him since. And then he comes out and does stuff like this, just to like he's just a—he's gonna be around as a backup probably for thirty years because he just does stuff like this, just to remind us that he still has a little bit of enough to get to get wins
0: but just the, t- the best ability is availability and to joe flacco is available Weird. and you're right you will we will probably just be around for that that reason alone he's um, like
1: 80 years old yeah
0: yeah I, I do have to thank nick chubb on both of my fantasy leagues for uh for scoring that touchdown though i do right fantasy that. owners
1: yeah we're happy but like i mean cleveland just stupid just stupid stupid stuff
0: so uh before we move on to the game that i really want to about i do want to uh, hit uh two other games quickly chargers versus casey i mean look i I have a lot of opinions about that game but one thing that just like was the most apparent to me is that justin herbert is incredible like he and to go out there with a broken rib and like will that game into you know almost almost getting a win there he's just an amazing quarterback Um, it's amazing to me that in year three, he looks like, you know, as good as anybody else in the league. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that the chargers don't do what they did with rivers and, you know, waste his talent for years to come. And I think they are putting those correct investments in place where that isn't the case. They're incredibly powerful, um, as, as an offensive unit and their defense has improved a lot. Um, so I'm just hoping that can be sustained because they are too exciting of a team, uh, with too much explosiveness as an offense to not like at least go on a couple deep playoff runs over these next few years with Herbert.
1: Yeah. I, Herbert is, uh, as special as they come at quarterback. Like he has, he, some of the throws that he made in that game, incredible, obviously that on the drive where he's hurt. Like he can't even, he couldn't even run like on that third and one, he goes to run the ball and wide open. No one there could have ran and got out of bounds, just throws the ball away because he couldn't run. It hurt him too much next play fourth and one. They gotta go for it. And he slings a post round, literally, probably the hardest throw in football, um, under the the pain he was in and puts it in the perfect spot. Like the only way that ball was gonna be caught is if he put it right where he put it. And he did. And they ended up scoring there and um covering the spread for anyone who gambled on that. But just totally awesome and just He's special. And then, obviously, Mahomes still coming out with a win. We could talk about the Chargers all we want. They were in control of that game the whole time,
0: and somehow it wasn't a win, you know? so No, I mean, and uh, it's – I'm getting to that point where I'm, like, tired of watching KC be so dominant in their division. I thought they were going to have, like, a lot more heat on them uh, in this season. Of course, it's still early, so I'm sure they still will have heat on them at some point. But, you know, the the Raiders losing to the Cardinals there obviously weakens, uh, you know, their outlook. Uh, Denver, I don't think, is going to be any, you know, legitimate threat to them. And then you have, uh, you know, the Chargers obviously folding to them this past week. So, you know, week two here, Casey is strongly in command in their division. And uh, we'll see how they sustain that through the season uh, moving forward here. Um, and then the other game that I wanted to talk about quickly uh, was the Eagles, because I said this before the season started, man, like, you know, with their free agency moves uh, with Hertz just improving. Um, I mean, they, they really look great as as a team. I do think like they're one of the best teams in the NFC. Um, and I think I can say that pretty confidently with them beating a good Vikings team. Um, and you know they're probably going to go four and zero here because I believe the next two people they have on their slate are the Commanders and the Jaguars. So like they're they're going to be off to a strong start this season. They're going to be they're going to be hot and like I, I just think that they're they're looking really good to to dominate in the NFC this year. They they can run the ball really really well. They have an
1: offensive line that can protect a young quarterback who seems to be making the right reads and getting the ball to his playmakers in space. They have a good, smart, young coach who's putting that you know that offense in in good positions, calling the right plays. They're doing a, a. I don't know, John, if you've noticed, but they're running RPOs more than like anyone I've seen in a while. Like they are, I mean, putting Jalen Hurts in that situation where he can pull the ball and throw it on any run play, and then they're giving him the chance to kind of roll him out and allow him to run the ball as well if if the uh, RPOs are covered. So they're giving him the tools to be successful and he's executing what their plan is. And it's hard for defenses to stop. It reminds me a lot of like what Lamar started doing in that MVP year. And it took, I mean, no one figured it out that entire season. Now they've kind of slowed him down a little bit ever since, but they still haven't stopped Lamar Jackson and it's still very hard to prepare for. And Jalen hurts is starting to do what Lamar did a few years ago. And it's working. I mean, two and oh the line struggled, gave up a lot of points to the Eagles and then Minnesota I thought would come out and play him better I, I mean I picked him to win and they just weren't able to do it now the Eagles defense is really what impressed me I mean Darius Slay just you know locking up Justin Jefferson for the most part I mean playing him better than anyone we've seen play him since he's been in the league to be honest with you and I mean two interceptions Kirk Cousins made some terrible decisions throwing the ball down the field a couple of the intercept or a couple of the plays were receivers fault but you know, the, the Vikings didn't look sharp and the Eagles defense give them credit. They did everything they needed to do to get the job done, and then they offensively look like a power a powerhouse, man. Like they're moving the ball up and down the field, and
0: that's a, a tough team to play against when they're yeah. when they're clicking on O and D. I mean, and what a massive addition uh AJ Brown was to that offense. I mean yeah. it's it completely changes their option set. Because like not only do you have now this quarterback that is very dynamic, he has a lot of speed, he can run behind a good offensive line, right? You have a very strongly established run game, but you can dump it to Brown, who has incredible speed and incredible size, and has the ability to get a lot of yards after the catch. I mean, you have to account for so much as a defense, and it's just, it's I think going to be a problem. It's going to be a massive problem, right? I mean, imagine if Lamar's throwing to a guy like AJ Brown and what Baltimore's You know, because Baltimore, that's kind of been their weak spot is they haven't had the best receivers, the best supporting cast around Lamar offensively. I mean, imagine what that looks like with Lamar being as mobile as he is. And then you have like just these big, fast, strong wide receivers that can actually execute there. And that's exactly what we're seeing in Philly, that kind of model. And I think that defenses are going to struggle to figure that out all year. Yeah, I completely agree. It makes the Lions game look a lot better. And that's kind of the last game I wanted to to end this weekly recap on was I'm all stoked about, about how the Lions played against the Commanders. I thought that they did a lot of stuff right. I thought they improved on a lot of things they did last week. And this was a, with a very beat up roster, right? They're, they're missing uh, one of their corners. They're missing all three of their interior offensive linemen. And the blocking was still 100% there, if you ask me. Um, I get the commanders aren't the best team in the world, but for us to, I think compete as well as we did against the Eagles and have a very decisive win against the commanders. um, I'm feeling pretty good about the lions this year, actually make it a run for like that number two spot in the NFC. And I think uh, playing the Vikings this coming week is going to be a phenomenal test to see, you know, just how good the lions will potentially be this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I am with you. They've been impressive, especially offensively. Detroit has, has looked really good. I mean, having a running game like they do, it proved it wasn't just a one game thing. They did it again this week against Washington and DeAndre Swift is, you know, I, what really kind of bothers me is that why they take him out as much as they do. I know he's a little banged up with his ankle, but they did in the first game too. Uh leave him in, man. Like he should be a, I mean, he should play like 75% of the offensive snaps, you know, and right now they have him playing probably half of them. Mm-hmm. And like Jamal Williams is fine and, and Reynolds is fine, but like, you know, DeAndre Swift is a difference maker. Like he's one of the best backs in the league, if you ask me, and he needs to be on the field as much as he possibly can. Jared Goff has has definitely exceeded my expectations so far in the first two games, still makes some throws like, you know, what are you doing moments, but uh, you know, his, his ability to kind of move around and, and hit receivers accurately and play action. And then St. Brown is, you know, it's not just a rookie year, you know, patting the stats because they were always losing like he is a playmaker and he's open all the time they give him the balls in creative ways um Hawkinson was a little disappointing but like I mean overall as an offense the lines look good their defense still scares me uh, I wouldn't get too you know proud of the defense I know they you know pitched a shutout in the first half so Hutchison had a few sacks they looked pretty good in the secondary but a lot of that stuff was just Carson Wentz holding on to the football doing stuff that no other starting quarterback Ma- making does.
0: bad standard making Carson bad-
1: Wentz decisions. It's just <laughs> terrible. Like Carson Wentz is, he's so hard to watch. Like when things are good for him and they're in a rhythm on offense, he's great, which any quarterback can be in the NFL. But when things aren't great, he makes things really, really worse. Like much worse. Like, taking the safety i'm uh, not, not completely his fault but still partially right, right. throwing mm. terrible for- forces terrible throws, throws
0: holding for- on to it for too long he, trying to get out of the pocket and run when he really he has, isn't that kind of athlete like he
1: has no internal clock you know yeah. and his his biggest flaw is he thinks that he can make the play in under any circumstance and that's just not the true like hutchinson two of his three sacks were like not even because he made a good play and beat his offensive, you know, lineman, like just Carson Wentz held the ball so long. And then actually moved towards where Hutchinson was. Right. It's like, dude, you literally sacked yourself. You took yourself into the one guy you're supposed to be avoiding, you know, like stuff like that, just not good for Washington. And they somehow still made it a game. And honestly, I know you kept saying like, I kept texting John during the game. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I kept texting him, dude, it's happening. It's happening again. And if they make that extra point, I, Listen, I'm not so sure they don't get the ball back and make a, like an overtime game type thing. So look, I'm, I'm still going to hold off on Detroit. You know, they almost blew a, a 20, whatever it was, to zero lead at halftime. Um, but and offensively, it looked impressive and defensively, it took, definitely took a step in the right direction against, yes, a bad team. But yeah, they're a true test next week against Minnesota in, in a division game. And, you know, the Lions are competitive
0: for sure. Yeah, and, 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 and I agree with you that there's definitely, questions on defense there's no doubt about that um i would say you know if you just take the eight lions offensively they, they got all the pieces they need their blocking's incredible the run game's obviously there uh they're receiving cores doing the job that they need to do um i'm excited to see what jamison williams brings to that once he's he's back in october um and how much that changes the dynamic because honestly shark has been pretty unimpressive i mean he's had three or four dropped passes over the past two games every time he's targeted it's a drop it's very frustrating especially since he's the he's the like big free agent that they paid 10 million dollars to come to come play with us this year Um, we overpaid overpaid an average receiver is what we did yeah it's which again like i mean i don't i don't totally hate the idea of going and grabbing a receiver you have your rookie guy who's unproven and you want to you know uh free up some field space for amon raw but I don't know if Charks it um, based on on just the targets he's had in the past two games. Hopefully he improves, but um, didn't look great there. But uh, back to what I was saying, though, defensively, it's like, you know, I feel like the pass rush should be a little bit stronger. I still have questions about our secondary. I mean, our secondary got torn apart by A.J. Brown when we were playing the Eagles. So it's just like, you know, uh, the commanders did, did not have that commanding receiving core that I think can... Just do that to any defense. So, like, what it what does it look like when we play Jefferson and and Thielen next? year. I'm, worried, you know, I'm was, worried. I am worried.
1: I'm not gonna lie; it's yeah. not a good matchup for. Well, I think we'll play offensively fine against Minnesota, like, but defensively we might struggle against Thielen and Jefferson, and stopping Delvin Cook is also um, not easy.
0: I heard on uh, Colin Coward this morning that uh, Minnesota was letting up over six yards per run defensively and that that bodes very well for the lions so yeah. i'm curious to see how that translate if they have trouble stopping the lions run it's it's the lions game right because then you start you know tailing up time of possession and you know all of those o- other super important statistics that help you win a game so yeah. um sorry i know we spent a lot more time on this lions game than the other ones but this is a detroit based podcast <laughs> and uh and yeah. i do think they're they're a fun Interesting team to kind of cover going here because they've been so bad for so long and they're for once showing a little bit of promise. So uh, yeah, anything else you want to cover this week before we uh, we kind of move on to next week games here, Mark?
1: Um, maybe just give a quick statement on a few of these games we missed. Um, you know, starting with some of the, like Denver still have big time question marks in Denver. Russ getting booed in his first home game there. Not Never good. Definitely concerns there. Um, green Bay getting back on track, Rodgers still looking a little bit shaky. I mean, the bears are not good, but he missed some throws. I've never seen him miss and they didn't dominate. Like I thought they would dominate. Um, Jimmy G is obviously should have been the answer the whole time in San Francisco. They were forcing Trey Lance into that spot. To yeah. make, you I know, feel to, horrible for Trey
0: Lance. Feel horrible, then, yeah. I feel horrible, yeah. feel horrible for 49ers seem real
1: stoked. <laughs> you know, what, what was meant to be is going to find a way to happen. And Jimmy G was meant to be the quarterback in San Francisco. He gives them the best chance to win. And, uh, you know, this might be a blessing in disguise for San Francisco this season. Obviously, it sucks, and you never root for that for Trey Lance. But, you know, that their team, their betting on to go to the Super Bowl literally got better with their starting quarterback getting hurt. So, you know, it just goes to show. Uh Cincinnati is for sure like, hey, what are you guys doing? They have a little bit of a hangover here from getting to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow uh, is not getting protected at all. The Dallas that State offensive
0: line got worse. They made all those investments. It's, it's, I swear, man, crazy. the offensive it, line it's, is worse.
1: It's very, <laughs> it's very concerning because, I mean, you can have all the weapons you want, but if you can't protect your franchise quarterback, someone as good as Burrow, and you, you know you can't get the ball to mix in and run the ball successfully. You're going to struggle. And D- Dallas won with Cooper Rush, backup quarterback CMU. You know, shout out, fire up. Uh, I did pick Dallas to win that game. I just, I just, you know, it's it was concerning for me. Micah Parsons was all over. I mean, all over the, but all over Burrow the whole game, and uh, that just can't happen. I mean, there was times where they literally didn't even block him. You know, it's, I just don't understand how that possibly happens in the NFL. Uh, the Rams. Uh, You know, yeah, looked pretty good in the first half, almost gave up and blew a lead to Atlanta. Uh, Stafford looked better still threw two interceptions. So he's leading the league in interceptions through two games and on track to do that for the second time in a row. Um, But I mean, they got the win, so hopefully they can start to do the right thing here. And then obviously this last game I want to talk about for sure is that Arizona game. Um, You know, the Raiders looked really, really good in the first half and then just fell apart. And the Cardinals made the right adjustments. And Kyler Murray, just when, you, just when you think him and Kingsbury are like just, hey, we might have to fire him after week two. They put together an absolutely crazy comeback. You know, in many ways, that comeback was crazier than anyone we saw this weekend. And there were several, you know, 20-point right. comebacks in the second half and in the fourth quarter. This one might have been the most impressive, some of the stuff I saw him do. And, um, you know, shout out to them for getting the job done. Raiders, terrible choke job to, to allow that to happen. And then, if you want to talk about real quickly the Monday night game, I mean, we t- I know we talked about the Eagles in Minnesota a little bit, but Josh Allen and the Bills might not lose a game. And I said this last week, and I genuinely, I have not seen a team dominate NFL professional football like I'm watching the Bills do right now. I mean, On this is sides. the Titans
0: too, like, and I Dude, get it's the, a good this might team. not be the same Titans as we were playing, but it's still exactly it's still a Vrabel team with a good offense and a good defense, and they just got torn to shreds. I it's, mean. It's-
1: I'm telling you, John, like Josh Allen is, he's going to win MVP. He's going to, he's going to break records this year. The bills are an absolute wagon, dude. Like they are, they might not lose a game. Like, I'm not kidding you. They might not lose a game. You look at at their schedule. I mean, if they don't like, if they don't sit Allen at the end of the year, they might not lose a game.
0: Yeah. I I made a joke to one of my friends that it's like, all right. So it looks like the bills are winning the AFC. So like the rest of this is just a buffer to figure out, who, who is going to face them in the Super Bowl on the NFC side because like that's truly what it feels like right now and i get it like we're we're getting hyped up we're probably you know over hyping them but i mean every single phase of the game defensively offensively special teams they're just explosive they're dominant they have all the pieces that they need to win games like it's it's incredible i mean uh, digs too i mean holy crap How many touchdowns does he have on the season already? Six. Well, well, he had three (laughs) in that game, so, and I think he had three against the Rams too, if I'm not mistaken. And here's
1: the thing: here's the thing that stands out to me. Like, like Gabe Davis didn't even play, and it's like you wouldn't even have known he wasn't on the field. Like they just reload. Like Josh Allen, no matter who you put out there, I mean, Diggs could literally sit out a game, and they'd still put up forty points and win by you know thirty, like they did. Like Josh Allen will make the people around him better. He makes every throw. He can run the ball. They have a great design offensively, what they're trying to do. Defensively, they look so much better. And, and they're just they're just executing at every single you know, facet of the game. And that's a hard team to beat, man. And I, I'm telling you this, they're for sure not going to lose a home game because that crowd in Buffalo and the people Buffalo know right now is their time. It is their year, and they're fully making that known. And then, obviously, their away schedule isn't crazy tough. So, I mean, honestly, right. they might not lose again. Like, I'm saying I, that now. I
0: also love their, their unique approach to the defensive line where, like, there's no guy out there that's taking all the snaps. They just keep them fresh and keep rotating them and just keeping, you know, a unique pass rush each down. I think it's really interesting. I'm curious to see if other teams are going to adopt that model with their D lines, because I don't know if I've seen a team do it to that extent, right? Like obviously, yeah, you have different packages for different situations, but they just are like, not, we're just going to (laughs) cycle our whole bench out there and just have them tear up the offensive line and then give quarterbacks trouble. So it's, it's it's it's, very interesting. It's fun to watch, man. Like he's must see TV right now. Like if Josh
1: Allen's playing, you better find, you better find a way to watch him because it's like it's like it's literally like nothing I've ever seen before in the NFL from quarterback play. Like Mahomes was the closest thing the last few years ago to just like he looks like he's just magic on the field. Lamar sometimes some of the stuff he does, but like Josh Allen is like combining what Lamar and Mahomes both do into one player, and it is like seriously nothing I've ever seen before that I can remember.
0: Yeah, they they make it look way too easy. It's it's absolutely nuts. Um, so from there we're gonna move on to what we got coming up this next week here. So Thursday, we have the Steelers and the Browns to look forward to. I mean, division game, they're both one and one. Um, I'm I'm pretty interested in how exactly this is going to shake out. It's at Browns. Um, you know, Steelers defensively, I think, are going to hold up just fine. So I guess it's a matter of if, you know, uh, their offense can put up a sufficient amount of points to win the game. Right. I see this being more of a defensive standoff in general. I'm curious what your thoughts are, Mark.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for this is such a a garbage game, in my opinion. Like, this is going to be one that's tough to watch. If you like defense, it will be one you like to watch because I think this is going to be really low scoring. Both teams are going to try to run the ball. Both teams have a pretty good run defense. It's going to be a lot of punts, some field goals. Like, I don't expect many big plays to happen both quarterback play is okay. Both, you know, it's very similar teams right now, actually, without Deshaun Watson in the lineup, both have quarterbacks right. that aren't that good. Both have good defensive lines. I don't think TJ Watts going to play again. And um, I think the Browns are actually a little bit better on defense right now than the Steelers. And I think Mitch Trubisky will make more mistakes. Um, so I'm going to go with the Browns in my pick.
0: Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to change it up and go Steelers. We'll keep things interesting. Um We'll see if Mark and I can actually, uh, you know, predict some games properly here coming up. Um, I got a
1: feeling this week I'll be better. I've seen two weeks of these teams. We're not just guessing blindly. You're getting now, a better
0: sense of who actually has. Yeah, their, their shit I have together. an educated
1: feel on matchups and you know stuff like that. Now, so we'll see. You know, we can go back and clip that when I go four and twelve next year or next week, and you can show it and we'll post right. it on socials and
0: expose me for being sucky <laughs> um saints panthers here um i'm gonna have to go saints uh, the panthers have shown us no reason whatsoever to think that they're gonna win that game other than the fact that it's at home um i think the saints uh, should have won that tampa game i mean very frustrating to watch for more reasons than one uh, both with the fight that broke out and how that came uh, a couple of flags that probably didn't need to happen. I mean, just, just a lot of unlucky play. So I think the saints will bounce back from, from their loss. Uh, bummer to say that we can't, you know, we don't own Tampa during the regular season anymore. That was fun for that two year stretch. We still got Tom Brady to throw a, uh, an iPad or a Microsoft tablet. And you got, and adult. you got
1: to start another fight.
0: <laughs> Marshawn, Latt-
1: Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans might kill each other at some point during their careers. Like, they I do mean, not.
0: They, they fight every time other. they
1: play. They fight yeah. every single time they play. Like, I've never – like, one of these times is we're going to see a fight like Andre Johnson and Finnegan where they took their helmets off and were literally boxing
0: on the field. I mean, we're th- see- this, this one was bench clearing was anyways. We're going to see it.
1: Pretty soon we're going to see it. Um, yeah. With that being said, I'm actually going to say Carolina here. They're 0-2. They they haven't played bad like they don't. It's not like they're losing these games just because they suck. They've lost two close, relatively close games. Baker is playing okay. McCaffrey's putting up decent numbers. Their defense is functioning. They're just not doing enough to win the game yet. Home game, you know, I think they bounce back. It's kind of a must win. You don't want to drop to zero and three. You know, you might see some trick plays. Some they might take some risks here to go after you know New Orleans. You might play a little bit more conservative. I'm gonna go Carolina here and just say that they get their first win in a close game, divisional game. Um, So I'm going to stick with the Panthers.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, So Mark and I are split on both of these picks so far. Uh, How are you feeling about Texans-Bears?
1: You know, two pretty bad teams that people, people think going into the season. The Bears, like Justin Fields, not great against the Packers, did enough to win the first week. Houston has hung around in both their games against two what we thought would be better opponents, who both have turned out to suck. It's hard. This is a really hard one, like to even see because are the Texans like functional, or do they just play two teams that blow and we thought would be good? And are the Bears like are they still the Bears? I think the Bears are still the Bears. I think the Texans are actually a little better than we thought they were going to be. I'm going to go with Houston here.
0: I'm going to go with Texans as well on this one for the exact same reasons that you listed. I think at the very least, the Texans are a competitive team that can hang in there, and I just think the Bears are not good. So I guess we'll see what happens. This might age horribly, but uh, I guess we'll find out. Cheese um, is Colts. I, I mean, the Colts looked horrible this week. I mean, putting up a goose egg against the Jaguars is, I mean, that's an impressive feat. That is that's difficult to do. So well,
1: they 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 can't go. They can't beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville, man. It's just you say it. You called that. You did mention that in the last episode. We both chose to ignore it. It uh, turned out to be true. Kansas City's gonna blow them out. Like this isn't even gonna be. This is gonna be so bad. Matt Ryan's gonna throw two or three picks. Mahomes is gonna probably throw four touchdowns and rush for one. They're gonna just absolutely destroy them. Like this isn't even gonna be close.
0: Yeah. And I feel bad because like if the Colts are in such a winnable division and that entire division is still a mess and it's like, man, in what reality did we think that the Jaguars were actually like, you know, going to be looking the best out of anybody in that, that division right now. So, um, tragic on the Colts part, hopefully they put it together at some point in the season, but man, off to a really rough start. Um, Bill's dolphins. This is a, I'm super excited to watch this game. Um, I'm definitely going to make sure I have that one turned on along with Lions-Vikings. And I don't know, I guess I'll have to get a third screen involved to watch Saints-Panthers. But, um, you know, just uh, both these teams, incredibly explosive offenses, really solid defenses, have made some incredible things happen in both of their two games. Um, I'm actually going to say, which... You know, I know you're talking Bills are going to go undefeated. They're going to win every game. I'm going to say Dolphins with the home field advantage come away with this one. And it's going to be absolutely nuts because of that. Um, I'm sure it's going to be incredibly close, but I think they will make it happen here. Um, And then I expect that when the Dolphins go and travel to the Bills that they will lose that game. So that's kind of how I'm seeing is that these two teams split with each other. Um, They're clearly the better teams in their division. Um, Should be an interesting kind of rivalry for the next couple of years between the two of them
1: um yeah i'll be honest i hate that pick i can't i know the dolphins have looked good and i know that they're you know they've they've won their first two games and they just won in tremendous fashion but dude the bills i'm telling you we're watching stuff that we that has not happened in a long time in the nfl the bills are going to put it on them they're going to go into miami they're going to make it their own home game they're going to put it on uh miami josh allen's going to continue to do what they've been doing I, i'm very confident in picking buffalo to go three and and. here I think Tua might struggle a little bit against this pass rush and that defense. It's, it's, you know, he hasn't seen anything like this yet this year. And I, what they're going to do, and a part of it is they're going to limit those big plays to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. They drop into this, like, cover two look the Bills play a lot of, which, you know, if, if you're not aware of what that is, they put safeties back deep, try to take away the deep ball, and they're playing pretty aggressive with all the underneath stuff forces quarterbacks to hold the ball a little bit, create sacks, creates late throws, creates turnovers. And if you have weapons like Waddle and Tyreek Hill, it limits what they can do down the field. So I'm going to pick Buffalo here pretty confidently.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough pick either way, but, and it's, it's definitely hard to, to pick a game against Buffalo here. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, this is one the bills could lose potentially. Um, moving on to Lions-Vikings, this one's really tough just because it's it's at Minnesota. Um, I do think home field advantage matters a lot, especially in divisional games. Um, at the same time, though, I mean, as we kind of alluded to earlier, uh, Minnesota's run defense is horrible. Uh, it's arguably the worst in the league so far, if you're just looking at the statistics of the situation. Um, but obviously they have, you know, a, a really strong pass game and the Lions- uh, Past defense isn't great, so it's tough. I think at the end of the day, I think the Lions are ready to shock the world a little bit, and I think they're gonna they're gonna win oh. here. Um, I'm yeah, I'm gonna take that. And you know what, uh, Mark, with with our disagreement here, one of us is gonna have to be a decided winner this week rather than us like barely going 500 each time. So I'm gonna take some chances. I'm gonna take the Lions here.
1: Oh, well,
0: I knew I knew you were gonna do
1: that. I knew you were going to do that. And listen, this is this is the problem, man, with Detroit fans in general in that I'm talking about myself here. Like, you watch a little bit of, like, functional football, and we get our hopes so high. I mean, the Lions almost lost still on Sunday and had a perfect first half. I mean, played a perfect first half and still almost blew that game. Um,
0: but the, I mean, the Raiders and the, the Ravens – Did lose their games, and they're and they're arguably better teams than the Lions are. So I don't know if it doesn't give you an excuse,
1: man. It doesn't give you an excuse. (laughs) Listen, this is what's gonna happen is not pretty. Okay. Yeah, the Lions will run the ball a little bit on Minnesota. Great, they'll end up kicking field goals, they won't finish drives, it'll be whatever. Minnesota has Jefferson and Thielen against our secondary. they're gonna pick us apart in the secondary. They're gonna come through all kinds of crossing routes, they're gonna do play action. Dalvin Cook's gonna get going a little bit. And you just eventually they're just going to run away from us in that game, and we're not going to be able to keep up. Well, it'll be close in the first, you know, couple quarters maybe. We get the second half, And was going to run away with it. Their defense is going to play much better than I think they did against Philly. I'm going with Minnesota pretty confidently here as well. Detroit fans got to just relax a little bit and understand we won. We played a bad opponent. You know, it's good to get a win. It's a step in the right direction, but we got to relax a little bit with the predictions. Still the Detroit Lions. We still have hey, shown I, some I saw same. what I
0: saw with the Eagles too. And I saw what the Eagles did to Minnesota and just absolutely embarrassed them. So there's there's no reason the Lions couldn't win this game. All the tools are there. It's just whether or not they will. So we'll we'll find out. Yep. Soon enough. Yep, yep, yep. Um Ravens Pats, I think the Ravens win this game. Um even, even with them traveling to New England. I mean, I just think the Ravens are a better team. Than every front. So uh, again, I mean, you know, neither Mark nor I are super high in the Patriots and maybe we have some blinders on because of it, but you know, I just, I just think. Uh, I mean, yeah. Go ahead.
1: I, I was, I was surprised that the Patriots even won last week. It was, again, it was just like a back and forth garbage game. Just, you know, playing pretty good defense with bad offensive play. And it's just, like, the Patriots, in order to win games like that against, like, Lamar and a a better team, they're going to have to take risks. And it's just, like, offensively, they're not. They're not taking risks. They're not taking shots down the field. And if they do, they're not, like, they're not completing them at even a close to high enough percentage to win these kind of games against better teams than them. So, yeah, the Patriots will take care of business against teams that, like, suck. And then when they play good teams, I don't see them hanging around very, very much or very often. So the Ravens will go in there, take care of business, Lamar. Is hard to prepare for, for any defensive coordinator, including Bill Belichick, who's probably the best of all time. And uh, the Ravens
0: get it done. I agree. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Bengals, Jets, man, if if the Bengals don't win this game and they fall to 0-3, that is scary territory for them. So I'm yeah. just going to have to take Bengals here out of desperation alone. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I think hopefully the offensive line is going to get something together here where Joe Burrow isn't running for his life the entire game and uh, they go and get it done.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think we'll see some adjustments from Coach Zach Taylor. He's a smart coach. He's going to realize like protection-wise, they're going to figure out some alternative options. They might keep mixing in a little bit. They might put in uh, P. Ryan in and help with protection with the running backs. They'll pro- You might see some slide protection stuff. You might see keeping tight ends in to block a little bit. Like, you're going to see different ways to protect Burrow and still be able to attack down the field trying to get Jamar Chase, you know, Boyd, Higgins the ball. And um, they're going to kind of figure it out. I think this is the game that they – it's a must win for Cincinnati, absolutely, if they want to compete in the division because, you know, like we said, it's a competitive division with with Baltimore and, you know, Cleveland and Pittsburgh looking a little bit better than people thought they would. This is a must win. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. They, they get it done in a must win the, the Super Bowl hangover ends this week.
0: Sure. Now Raiders Titans, I mean, same situation, right? They're, they're both uh, looking pretty desperate, especially given the the situation situation with both of their respective divisions. I mean, either one of these teams falling to 0 and three does not bode well for their playoff hopes or, or the rest of their season. Uh, personally, I think the Raiders are probably the better team just from a talent and uh, talent standpoint, and I think they'll be able to get it done, even though they're traveling to Tennessee. I just, I have not been impressed with what I've seen from Tennessee so far this season. And I think, uh, like I said, the, the Raiders just, given their talent, given who they've been playing against within their division, like th- this is one they got to win if they want to have any hopes making the playoffs. Yeah. Just similar to the game above, we just talked about with Cincinnati. Like this
1: is a must win game for, you know, both these teams. If they want to compete in their divisions. Now the Titans actually that division's so weird that they might actually be able to compete after losing this and going to 0 and 3. I think the Raiders go in and get it done though. I think Derek Carr starts to get a little rhythm. Devontae Adams and him get a little, you know, this connection continues to build and improve. I think Hunter Renfro bounces back after having the two fumbles. I think Waller's starting to, you know, they're starting to click a little bit more. It's really a question of defensively, can the Raiders, you know, limit what Tennessee's trying to do running the ball? Because if they can even limit Derrick Henry a little bit and just the only way I think Tennessee wins that game is if Derek Henry completely takes over. And I'm talking sure. like, 50, I'm talking like big play after big play after big play. If they, if they limit him to just a couple big plays, I think the Raiders get it done. So I'm going to pick the Raiders. I'm going to give the, I've I confidence their defense will do enough to keep the Tennessee Titans, you know, offense from becoming explosive. And if you do that, you'll be fine. Cause I think the Raiders offense is better than Tennessee overall.
0: Um, yeah, no, all good points. Um, I would honestly love to travel to this Commanders game this weekend uh, if the stadium wasn't so horrible. <laughs> like, like serious. And I already went on that rant, so we won't go there again. But like, I think the Eagles are one going to absolutely pummel the Commanders. But two, I- I'd love to see the Eagles play football in person because, man, like we, you know, we both have had a lot of really positive th- things to say about how they've started their season. Um, I think the Eagles are going to, you know, win this game. They're probably going to beat Jacksonville next week. And they're going to be, you know, t- number one team in the NFC. So uh, that starts with them destroying the commanders at home this coming Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the commanders blow and they are, uh, you know, Carson Wentz is their quarterback against a good defense. You know, I will say this, John, if you want to go to the game, there is a little Ticketmaster button right there on that picture that you're looking at. If you just click that link, it takes you right there, gets you the best seat in the house. You know, oh, yeah. you have water, you'll probably poop water falling on top of your head
0: from the gutters in that place. Yep. I'll spend an yep. hour looking for my seats. Well, another yeah. hour, oh, an hour walking to the stadium and then an hour looking for my seats. And then just when you to find that. your seat,
1: you have raining poop on your head from right. the gutters.
0: And it's also... Awesome. About seventy percent of my ticket money was actually laundered and is going (laughs) straight to to Dan pockets.
1: (laughs) Yeah, to use it on God knows what. I mean, listen, they blow (laughs) terrible franchise. I mean, even the Detroit Lions owned them, and that's what I I mean. That even the Detroit Lions. I mean, the the Washington's so bad that has Lions fans really thinking we're going to compete this year and giving us false hope. That's how bad they are. So Eagles. We'll go in there, destroy them, and uh, it'll be fun to watch. Because I, I, don't like Washington. I don't like Wentz. I don't like, I don't like this matchup because it's actually just ugly. It's going to be an ugly game on in, in a terrible stadium. Eagles get it done. They run the ball. They throw the ball. They play good defense. They probably win by a lot.
0: Yeah, that's that's my prediction as well. Um, Jaguars Chargers. I'm I'm going to have to go with Chargers. Uh, I think you know they very well could have beat that BKC last week if just a couple things went their way and I, you know, I think the Jaguars have improved a lot from last season to this season, which I don't know how you don't with, uh, you know, Urban Meyer being your, your coach and everything, but uh, you know, just not enough to get it done against this Chargers team. Uh, I don't think, the, I don't think the Jaguars have any chance.
1: Yeah. It's a little bit of, it's a little bit of both things that you mentioned like, yeah, losing Urban Meyer and him not like hanging out and like cheating on his wife and bars publicly is probably a good thing but also good having, for morale, <laughs> good for probably not good for morale. Right. But it is good to have that guy out of the building. Um, hate over but you know, one thing I'll say, and I don't know if he gets enough credit, like Peterson coming in, he's a good coach, man. He's a super bowl winning coach. And uh he's, he's a quarterback's friend. Cause he, he understands the quarterback position. He understands how to make an offense, you know, quarterback friendly. And he did it with Nick Foles and Wentz. I mean, you got to remember, like Peterson and Wentz had success together. You know what I mean? Peterson's had like quarterbacks that aren't good and he's made them look pretty good. Trevor Lawrence at, at his young second year here, it's really important that he has that guy in his corner helping him out. And, you know, he looks functional out there on Sundays. And that's a good thing to have. It's a promising sign for Jacksonville fans. And they're going to go in there. At, this will be a game. I don't know if Herbert's going to play. Uh, I haven't heard for sure on that, but even if he doesn't play, or he does play, I'm gonna pick the Chargers because I I, th- I think the Chargers have enough weapons around the quarterback position to get it done. And I, you know, their backup, Chase Daniel is like a veteran quarterback who's definitely good enough to still win them a football game. So sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Chargers. A little bit of concern if Herbert doesn't play, you never know. Um,
0: but I'm gonna stick with them. For sure, for sure. Um Rams Cardinals is an interesting one because Man, I was pretty high on the Rams going into this season, and I have seen nothing but weakness in both of these, these two games that they played. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the turnover issues, definitely, like you called that one, Stafford's just throwing the ball wherever. Um, their offensive line is struggling. I don't think because of that they have a very impressive run game, which you know uh, kind of narrows their options to – Stafford to cup, trying to make something happen. Um, and I don't know if their defense is even, you know, hanging in there the the level that I expected it to with, you know, the pass rush they have Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it, Ramsey's made a lot of mistakes over the past two games. So with all that being said, I think, uh, I think maybe uh, the Cardinals come away with this one, um, you know, high off of that Raiders game. Uh, you know, looking, looking a a little bit more fresh with things and and just ready to compete against their division rivals.
1: Yeah. I I agree with just about everything you said, the Cardinals, this is the kind of game that the Cardinals win. Like this is the early in the season stuff. They still have, you know, some off season prepped plays that Kingsbury and Kyler, you know, drew up in their dreams that work out perfectly because defenses haven't seen it yet. It's early enough for that stuff to work. And Kyler Murray against, you know, Aaron Donald and a good pass rush. I think he's quick enough to kind of give those guys, you know, some struggle and the offense cl- usually clicks against the Rams for them a little, you know, especially when it's in, in Arizona, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. I think Stafford will make a few too many mistakes. I think that they'll struggle running the ball a little bit. LA will. And I just think that, I mean, I, they're going to key Cooper cup and try to take him away. And if you have even a little bit of success limiting cup, their offense is pretty limited. I mean, he's pretty much been the only thing that they have going in terms of moving the ball. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Cardinals.
0: Um. All right, we have Bad Bird Team versus other Bad Bird Team. <laughs> bad Bird Bowl. This is just a garbage game, dude. Like, just it's, uh, picking a winner for this one is like, man. Both these teams should lose this game. I. I'm going to say Seahawks win it just because I think they have a little bit more going for them than the Falcons so far this season. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, they have some semblance of an offense. They have some semblance of a defense. Like I think Falcons are just full blown rebuilds. The fact that they're visiting the Seahawks. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the Seahawks for this one. I think that they'll come away with it, but man, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one. this is this You're is bad.
1: essentially this is essentially like having two professional boxers get ready for a fight, and then right before the fight, cutting both their arms off, and then having them both try to fight without arms. That's pretty much what this is. I mean, these two teams are at a disadvantage against everybody else in the league. Um, I will say that the Seahawks will win just because of the 12th man factor. That crowd is pretty incredible. They're loud. It's it's a very tough environment to go into and win. And Geno Smith seems to be doing a little bit better than Mariota. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Seattle and say that Pete Carroll figures out Atlanta a little bit, and probably not even that close to the game, but just terrible football.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'll be watching that game in particular. No. Um, Packers at Bucks. Honestly, I you know I know that the Bucks are the favorite to win it. And I think that with just how strong uh, their defense has looked the past two games, um, and how much the Green Bay receiving core has struggled to really get like consistent production, I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks on this. Um, They they will be missing Mike Evans, and you know it's they're they're kind of two teams in a very similar situation, right? Very strong, dominant defenses with an older quarterback that's trying to figure out how to navigate, you know, a newer look at the receiver position. Um, So it it will be an interesting game. It will probably be very close. I could see it going either way, but I'm going to have to favor the Bucs here. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. I, I listen. Green Bay got back on the right track with their win against Chicago, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't look all the way there. He looks very rusty. There's definitely some, you know, obviously chemistry issues with his receivers, even like Alan Lazard who's been there for several years, a few, like, you know, what do you do in moments? And you can just see it on Roger's face, like the frustration that they have. Tampa's in the same position. Like you said, very similar. Tom Brady and his receivers look off, right? He missed, he missed those two weeks of training camp. He's missing Wednesday practices throughout the season. He's, you know, doesn't look like Tom Brady. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like Rodgers and Tom Brady doesn't look like Tom Brady. So when I look at that game and I see okay, well we have two goat quarterbacks playing against each other and they're like a shell of what they used to be. So that makes me think of well what do the defenses look like? Well both the defenses are good. So I see a defensive game, a defensive battle. I think Tampa's defense is better than Green Bay's by a little bit. So I'm going to stick with Tampa in my pick, but you know, this is going to be a low-scoring game, one that's probably going to be frustrating to watch if you're a fan of Rodgers or Tom Brady. And it's just, like, it's sad, um, you know, because in their primes, this is this is a high-scoring shootout-type game, no matter how good the defenses are. But it just doesn't look that way, you know. And both these teams were, like, preseason Super Bowl contending. You know, everyone's talking about them. I don't think they either of them are. And, uh, you know, that's just from what I've seen. I don't see enough – offensively from either of those teams to be legitimate contenders. So I'm yeah, going to go with the Bucks. I
0: agree with you. Um I definitely don't th- I, I I think right now my favorites like to win the NFC for to do like power rankings would be either the 49ers or the Eagles just right now who looks like the best teams in the NFC those are probably the two. I'd say Green Bay and Bucks, you know, I'm sure I'm sure they will be plenty competitive through the season but neither of them just look quite the same of just these incredibly dominant teams. So yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, and honestly, that should give us some clarity on how good the Bucks and or the Packers actually are going forward here. Yeah, um, it's a very
1: important game for playoff implications, too, as it always totally. is. Because, I mean, both those teams will be playoff contending teams. And if they ever meet in the playoffs, this game is really going to matter.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, 49ers, Broncos, I think 49ers win that one. I just am. I have been very unimpressed with the Broncos. I thought that they were going to be a playoff contending team. And honestly, they look completely bottom of the barrel in their division. I know that they obviously have a leg up on the Raiders right now, but I think whenever those two teams play each other, that the Raiders will win that game too. So I, I have a lot of questions about the coaching decisions about the offensive scheme. Uh, the defense is, like kept him in games, but how long is that going to hold up for, especially against a really good 49ers team with a really, really smart offense? So I'm going to go 49ers here.
1: Yeah, you know, I can see this game going with the 49ers, but I'm I'm going to actually go with Denver here. I, you know, I'll probably look back and be like, why did I do this? But I think that Denver gets back on the right. I mean, they have Russell. Everything sounds like it's supposed to work. They have Russell Wilson at quarterback. They have weapons at receiver. They have a good defense. They have a good home, you know, home game environment. This is a home game in primetime football. Russell Wilson in primetime football games has a very good winning percentage, okay? Um he seems to do better in those moments. He seems to do better under pressure. There's not much more pressure than there is right now on him and this team because everyone's talking saying this is, you know, maybe the wrong move hiring that uh, coach, having him come in as quarterback there's been a lot of talk, right? And there's what better way to shut people up than to come into a primetime Sunday night football game and take care of business against a good football team like the 49ers. So I'm going to go with Denver here in a close game. And if I regret it next week, I'm really going to have some, some heat to talk about with Russell Wilson. Because if, if they lose right. this game at home on primetime football and it isn't pretty, and if it looks any bit like the last two games they've played,
0: yeah, I'm going to be pretty fired up. Well, I do like the narrative that you kind of built uh, with with your argument there. I think a lot of that stuff makes sense. And like, you know, just thinking of like the absolute like fantasy movie that the NFL is a lot of the times, like what's going to get us talking for yet another week about this entire situation is the Broncos going and and handing it to a really good football team that everybody thinks is a really good football team. So um, I definitely get your logic on that one. Interested to see how that shakes out. Another interesting one is Cowboys Giants, because I don't think anybody expected the Giants to be two and Um, And I think with the Cowboys traveling to them, I I'm assuming the Giants are probably the favorite to win that game, uh, especially with Dak being out. But as you said, I mean, Cooper rush is, is playing good ball. The Cowboys defense is still, uh, you know, a, a strong uh, point of their game. And, uh, you know, just seeing how the NFL plays out. I mean, what's another week of Cowboys fans actually thinking their team is good, right? So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna think that the Cowboys go to uh, New York and win that game, as much as I hate with, picking them. <laughs> I'm with you, and I I don't like picking them at all. But when
1: Cooper Rush is playing quarterback, you know, the it seems to me he's 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 two and zero and his career starts with Dallas. You know, he went into Minnesota one last year. Beat a, a team that was in the Super Bowl in Cincinnati last week. I get this is an away game against the Giants team that's two and zero, like you said. But you know, I just the, what I see in this game is Daniel Jones falling back into Dan, you know, Danny Jones's problems that we've seen over the last few years. Right, yeah. and in primetime football, we've seen him do some horrible things, and he's going against a very good pass rush, Micah Parsons and Lawrence and you know Diggs in the secondary, and those guys they're going to have a day, I think. And I think Cooper Rush is an ultimate game manager. He's not going to make many mistakes. He might not do a lot of incredible things either, but he'll do just enough, just like he did against Cincinnati, to get the job done. And I think it's Dallas to two and one. I'm going to pick Dallas to win him on Monday night. And if Cooper Rush does win this game, John, I got to you know, is there a quarterback controversy in Dallas?
0: Is you know, uh, you and I were, were having this discussion when Dak first got hurt, of like you know, he's been hurt several seasons in a row and the uh, Dallas has had to figure out how to persevere. And I don't think Dak's that good. Genuinely. Is like, Dak the guy? I don't know. I, yeah. I pay him like he's the guy. I don't know if he's the guy
1: I have seen a lot of good things out of Dak. He's done some incredible things in big time moments. Cooper Rush has had very, very limited opportunity in the NFL, but what has he done? Well, he's two and zero. he has another opportunity on Monday night football with the whole world watching. And I mean, how many games does he? If he wins on Monday night, and then you know he competes the next, like, at what point is there a a controversy? I mean, right, Dak coming back
0: after the bye week, you know, and it's like I don't know what, what if, what if Dallas is five and two going into their five and two? Do you keep starting Cooper Rush? Like, I that's a hard decision as
1: a coach because you paid Dak a lot of money and you committed to him as as your quarterback. But if you're winning football games, you know, don't broke, don't fix something that ain't broke. You know what I mean, Dallas fans. I don't know Cooper Rush might be your guy, and I don't know. I might be biased because he's a chip, but he he's he's two and zero, and he's could potentially be three and zero if you and I are right in our picks. And um, yeah, I'm not so sure that Dak Prescott might not be under some pressure there. Yeah, so that's my no pick way. though. Dallas, I think Dallas gets it done. I, I listen, I feel pretty good about this week's picks after seeing the first two games having an understanding of matchups and how, what these teams are trying to do. Uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of new quarterbacks on different teams. There's plenty of guys that have been, you know, swapped around in free agency. There's plenty plenty of new coaches. So it's pretty hard. You know, we, we were hard on ourselves. We sucked the first two weeks with our picks. Uh, but it's hard to pick games with teams that you've never even seen play before. You don't know what they do.
0: You don't know how they look. We kind of have an idea of what these teams are now. But and the fun I, thing is, is that I think this is the most disagreement that we've had so far about our picks. So one of us is going to suck this coming week.
1: And sure. It's be well, here's point, what could so. also happen. And this is <laughs> probably will happen. John is we'll be, you know, I'll be right. You'll be right. I'll be right. You'll be right. I'll be right. And then we'll end up like eight and eight or eight yeah. or eight and nine. And it'll be like the same thing over the last two weeks. And we'll be like, we'll come back in week three episode and be like, hey, newsflash, we still suck,
0: you know? Yeah. I mean, I just like, I'm looking for any opportunity to say that my football IQ is bigger than yours and just trash talk you. So I'm just looking for like that really decisive week where I have like three or four wins on you. And I can just say that I'm actually the the football mastermind that you should base your fantasy rosters off of my pick you should bet spreads with me. And that even though Mark played college football and is a coach for a football team, he actually doesn't know what he's talking about. And uh, you know, he just gets all his opinions from other people. So that's personally what I'm looking for here. Um. (laughs) Keep in
1: mind, John, John used to like, he would get like Lions tickets him and his his family often. And he would choose to bring me when we were younger and there would be games. I mean, I would just like basically call what the play is going to be and predict stuff. And he would look at me. He's like, dude, are you like, ahead are you like looking at your phone are you ahead or something like how do you know what's coming and john like for a long time his life goal is to like make me look like an idiot when it comes to football and like look better than me in terms of his football iq like he, i swear he works to be better than me with football predictions and you know stuff like that so
0: well you know if i'm gonna bring you on to to be a A co-host with me on a podcast then yeah I mean really all of this was just a a long-term plan to publicly shame your football knowledge and make me look like the smarter person on a public platform so that's really what we're going for here all those games that happen in high school you know it's just because Mark's uh, dad is a is an incredible head coach and has been coaching football forever hit a little bit of a a leg up on me but you know I've come a long way since then Um, obviously a, a A football mastermind, and uh, we'll we'll prove that this coming week here. So we shall shall find out. Also, this is going to be an ongoing thing. Oh, of course. Um, One other thing, too, uh, just one to stir the pot, and two to keep things interesting, um, is we should be having a couple guests on next week, and it is our intent to at least have somebody come on for you know a a ten to fifteen minute interval. Every single week moving forward here, different teams, different perspectives, just keep things interesting. Um, yeah you know I, personally, me and Mark, you know our, our voices are are nice, but I don't know if you guys want to listen to just those two voices for an hour straight every week, so we'll, we'll do our best to mix it yeah. up and uh, we yeah. appreciate anybody that's been tuning in on a weekly basis since we started this yeah. whole thing
1: we sure we sure do and we have we have guests coming on and and they're gonna be full of fire. We have friends that are fans of a bunch of different teams. And um, obviously, depending on week to week, how those teams do, there's good times to bring certain people on. Um, We'll get some of these people on and either try to make them cry on the podcast or we'll bring them on so that they can go and stand on their pedestal and scream from the rooftops how proud they are and why their team's so good. Uh, But either way, it'll be good stuff. And we're excited to have people on and we continue to appreciate any support and um, any
0: audience that we have. So football is back. It's we're fully back in the swing of things. Uh And, you know, if you have any feedback on this format, right, I think this is kind of the format that we're going to keep. We're going to try to mix some, some live streams in the mix, too, uh, through the actual football um, weekend um, instead of just recapping stuff. It'd be kind of fun to be in the mix to see if we can get some live stuff in, too. So, yeah, as Mark said, we appreciate the support and we will see you all next week.